in your early career, you're also managing up. What does that mean, right? Sometimes you'll have to ask your uh, superior, your manager, hey, either I need help or hey, you need to provide feedback that you haven't given me for the past week or so. So small things like that come from leadership. Having the confidence to speak up and ask your questions Maybe you're creating a little disruption, but that can be a good thing. And you get that from leadership experiences. We are here to try to explain to you what it is we do here. The solar industry in the U.S. employs more people than Google, Apple, Facebook, and Twitter combined. valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Welcome into the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. I am your host, Fred Davis. Episode number 104, that's 104 for those of you scoring at home, hits your ears today. Glad to have you guys on board. The University of Houston Cougs energizing the Energy Transition Series. Episode number two of that series going down today with Miss Neha Bhatt, a Katie resident. For those of you that don't know, Katie, a little suburb here. Yeah, I say little, uh, a wonderful suburb just outside of the city of Houston on the city's west side. She joins the program today as part of the series. She isn't getting her master's in accounting, but she is also the chair of the Energy Coalition at the University of Houston and does an absolutely fantastic job with that. We're going to talk to her a little bit about how she got into the Energy Coalition, how she didn't initially plan on going to the University of Houston, but things have a way of working themselves out. And as she tells it, guess what? It hasn't been too dadgum bad for her, and she's also got some just absolutely phenomenal advice for young professionals venturing out into the real world. It's one of the better lessons you're going to hear, not just from part of this series, but just anything you're going to hear about leadership and management in the real world. But before we get to that episode, let's hear from our CEO and co-founder, Mr. Mike Niemer, telling you about what it is we do here at eRenewable. At eRenewable, we know going green is important to your business and your ESG rating. Besides offering PPAs and VPPAs, through our network of clean energy professionals, we can also offer renewable natural gas, or let us help you lower your carbon footprint with responsibly sourced gas from a leading global energy provider. Maybe you need green energy credits, whether it's unbundled RECs or RSG certificates. Your path to net zero and decarbonization is one step closer with the renewable. For more assistance, please call us at 1-866-ERENEW1. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Mike Niemer. You can find out more about the company over at eRenewable.com. And, of course, give us a follow on our LinkedIn page, eRenewable and the Green Insider Podcast. And, of course, the nice thing is if you follow us over on the LinkedIn page, you can become part of our Follower Friday podcast series. It does have the Internet going nuts. I've told you that time and time again. And we've got an amazing Follower Friday this Friday, none other than the legend, the godfather, maybe the goat. I don't know. You, you, you I, I'll let him tell it. He would never say that, though. I'm saying this for him. Mr. Peter Kelly. Detweiler, probably the best when it comes to talking all things renewable energy and being a reporting on the renewable energy industry. Nobody does it better than PKD. He'll be joining us for the Follower Friday, so we're looking forward to that. And of course, he's the keynote speaker as well as the MC of the Grid Next 2022 conference that's going down here in Houston. We're going to be live from there as well over at the ION, so stay tuned for that. We'll have plenty of 
feedback and audio from that that you're going to hear next week. But let's get right down to today's episode. Miss Neha Bhatt, Chair of the Energy Coalition, Master's student over at the University of Houston, and just an all-around wonderful human being. Again, talking about how she got into the University of Houston. Again, wasn't her first choice, but she's got a great story as to why, why she got into uh, the energy field and what her plans are down the line and why being a part of the Energy Coalition and just being a part of clubs at school has helped her and her leadership development. Please, warm welcome for Miss Neha Bhatt. Hello everyone, my name is Neha Bhatt. I'm a born and raised Houstonian and just after high school when everyone was trying to figure out where they're going to college, I unfortunately had some eye issues and was losing my eyesight. So I had to stay close to home, but as a result of that, I landed up at the University of Houston. So at U of H, I was able to get my bachelor's in accounting this past December, and now currently pursuing my master's in accounting as well as a part of our PPA program. And while in school, I was able to start work at a large consulting company where I primarily help our clients work through the energy transition, answering questions like which assets should we and should we not hold, as well as value chain optimization, mainly for downstream. More importantly though, I am very proud to serve as chair for the Energy Coalition. I'm sure <laughs> from previous podcasts, you've heard more about the Energy Coalition, but in summary, it's a 5,000 plus student organization, the largest energy focused student organization in the country. The PPA program is something Bauer, our business college offers. It's Five years, you get your master's and bachelor's, and it's intended to help you become CPA eligible. In order to become a CPA, you need 150 credit hours versus the 130 an undergrad would give you. Shout out to you being uh, a Katie representative as well uh, here in H-Town. And of course, you know, look, it's funny how things work out, right? So, you know, and I'm sure, and look, I get it. You probably were ready to go see, you wanted to get the heck out of Katie, right? You wanted to get out of Houston. You wanted to go live the college dream. And, you know, God had other plans, right? And so here you are at, the, at U of H, and, and I'm guessing just from the smile on your face and the work you've done here at the University of Houston, that it's worked out about as well, or probably maybe a little bit better than you could have imagined. Way more than I could have imagined. I came into U of H thinking I was going to graduate with a psychology degree and go into med school. Oh, wow. Yeah. But nonetheless, here I am happily working in the energy industry. And right now I could have been in New York, which, man, I am very glad I was here in Houston. Well, I guess it worked out for us. What about energy kind of, you know, especially for somebody that had their eyes set on being in the medical field, where did that right turn, left turn, U-turn, where did that take in, take you into the, uh, in, into the energy side of things? Yeah, I will preface by saying entering the medical field was heavily suggested by my family. Gotcha. So that is where that originated <laughs> from. Ah, okay. But the one thing that kept me at it, so in high school, as you can probably tell by what I've done so far, I'm, I'm a go-getter. And so I was like, okay, if this is the goal, I'm going to work towards it. Yeah. But all the doctors, if you ask them how they feel about working in that industry, they say they're lucky to get paid to save lives. I wanted to get paid to save lives, so that was not the mentality I wanted to enter. That being said, that kind of showed to me, I was interested in the business side of how medicine works. So I was like, okay, let me take some business courses. And 
I should have thought about this beforehand, but I it didn't occur to me I had to choose a specific major, like an intended field. I didn't grow up with parents who grew up in the school system. And so I was like, what, what do I choose? Listening to my professors, though, accounting is the language of business. Accounting is one of the fields that you can take those skills, concepts, mindset, and apply it to anything in business. And so I felt that would be great for me to leverage as I go throughout my career. Picking an industry, especially when you're in something as broad as business, is difficult, right? You can go and do anything. But like like you kind of alluded to, growing up in Katy, staying in Houston, you, you can't avoid energy in general, let alone in the energy capital of the world. And a part of groups on campus, the Energy Coalition, funny enough, is the one that not only showed me, hey, energy is a cool space to be in. They're having cool technology, developing, innovating, and there is room for growth. Well, I find your story really inspiring. I've known you like since, I don't know, for the past couple of years as a female chair. So I wanted to ask that, did you have any female role models? Like what got you inspired to be a woman and put yourself forward in the energy industry? There are several prominent female leaders within the space, right? President of Shell. Rainu Couture, Dr. Rainu Couture, I would consider a prominent role model. Absolutely. And Amy Cronus, another prominent leader within Deloitte. But what initially inspired me was more so the lack thereof of female leadership, right? These are great female leaders, but there's room for growth. We can have so many more female leaders. And having to look and dig for someone who looked like me was inspiring to me. I didn't want that for my kids and future generations. So to answer your question, while I do look up to prominent female leaders, it was the lack thereof that initially inspired me. That's a great answer. Do you have any advice for all the women listening to this podcast right now? Find your mentors and find your sponsors. They're not necessarily the same person and that's okay. A mentor will help guide you, give you those principles, but a sponsor will actually advocate for you for those promotions for those different roles. And find people who you resonate with. And that doesn't have to be gender specific, right? Some of my great sponsors are happen to be male. So as a female leader, don't let the lack of representation deter you. Make room for yourself. There is room, you can make room. There are a lot of still systemic biases unconscious biases even so that have created this long list of reasons as to why these statistics occurred right and it's our job to be intentional and have current leaders future leaders come to the table and help correct some of those issues you're going to school you're getting your masters but you went to work right away which again my hats off to you what has been that experience like you know, you're learning about energy, you're seeing it. And of course, again, you are part of the Energy Coalition. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a bit. But what was the biggest, I don't want to say surprise, but what was the biggest thing you noticed when you started working, you know, in the real world where, you know, hey, look, you're getting a paycheck now and there's now expectations because you are getting paid for what you're doing. Um, How that merged with what you were wanting to do in the energy transition. What have you seen so far? What's been your biggest, what's been the biggest experience? Again, to 
preface all of this, this isn't the first time I have been working within the industry and going to school at the same time. I think it was my sophomore year, found a place that I could quote unquote call my work home for about a year, year and a half. And so that was kind of my first lesson. And like you had mentioned, I started at my current company this past June. And so while I was finishing up my undergrad, started getting work experience in a field that I was more passionate about, which is consulting rather than technical accounting. And I think the biggest experience or at least realization I had is a lot of it worked in tandem. Whatever topic happened to be big at work also happened to be big at school and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Whether it was a systems analysis and design class that I was learning a concept and I was like, hey, I can apply this to our agile delivery project. And that was a big surprise because I didn't realize they would have such a strong correlation or connection. Wow, that's great that, you know, um, you pull yourself out there and you got so much experience. I was kind of curious. So you mentioned that your parents were from India. So I, you've grown up in a household like going to school, American, coming back home, maybe slightly a different culture. Do you think your, your perspective, your unique understanding of culture, you can propose various solutions to the energy transition? Absolutely. And something that people are becoming very clear about is these groups that are helping the energy transition come along are all multidisciplinary and have diversity, whether it's diversity in appearance or diversity in thought. And to your point, I feel having grown up in two honestly different cultures, they're vastly different and having to one navigate through what does that make me helps me in work because you have engineers communicating with accountants communicating with software developers who all speak and think differently and so what is the common purpose and what makes the project goal what it is has translated so what does the energy transition mean to you the energy transition to me means working through what is our current state of energy and where do we want it to go, right? That is a different answer to everyone. To me personally, that includes a big component of sustainability, right? How are we as consumers working through better energy options? Because in my mind, there are three dimensions to our industry, supply, demand, and government, and they all work in tandem. So supply right now, it doesn't make economic sense for companies to produce these large amounts of clean energy. Carbon credits are one of the biggest incentives for decarbonization and carbon capture, right? So if we as a society, government, and businesses come together to decide what are good incentives we can put in place to work towards this transition, what I had alluded to was sustainability and clean energy, that's how we can create change and this transition. Do you find yourself, though, being in this unique position, though, where, you know, like I said, you are 
you know, one of the things we talked about with Lotana is being from Nigeria, you know, he it's a it's a very oil and gas dominant region, right? And so there's still, you know, the energy transition looks much different for them. Where are you at on on bridging the two? Because don't you I mean look, let's call it what it is. We're gonna need both because we can't go one without the other for the foreseeable future. Absolutely. You cannot get rid of fossil fuels, at least in the immediate future. That's not possible, nor is it I don't think ideal. So creating change is something that should be deeply ingrained within society. And to your point, you're within the energy industry, you have to connect so many different societies and cultures. And for example, you see domestic super majors and international super majors making different types of investments in what this energy transition means to them, whether it's clean energy or renewable fuels, carbon capture, that sort of thing. And we have to look at best practices. For example, Bhutan, they're carbon negative. What does that mean? Net wise, they consume less carbon than they create, right? Below zero. And that's something that's deeply ingrained within their society, within their culture. It didn't happen overnight. They have quite a bit of regulations that make that happen. So speaking to the US, we need more regulation clarity as to what that means to us. If we all of a sudden decide we don't want to produce methane, what does that mean? We're getting rid of steak. And I mean, come on, in Texas, <laughs> you're going to get rid of steak. So that doesn't no. make any kind of sense. So thinking through, OK, if the goal is to reduce methane emission, what what can we do? Is it we limit the amount of production is it a different alternative it's a question that requires young older minds and different backgrounds coming together it's a great dovetail into this question because i thought i i, I thought about you guys in this series yesterday so i'm at this energy marketing conference and you know it had a lot to do with retail energy retail power and what have you and the uh, keynote speaker deb merrill talked about getting people to care about energy, right? And that, you know, I mean, she's been in the game since 1995. So obviously people are a lot, you know, things have changed a lot since 95 to where we at in 2022. How do, because again, we, you know, we're, we're dealing with folks in this series, you know, from early, ranging from early 20s to early 30s. My generation, my era, it's kind of like, all right, as long as the light flips on, we're good. That's all the majority of people have really ever cared about. Is my, is my bill low and does the light turn on? Okay, great. How do we get the Afria Nasirs, the Nehabats, the Lotanas, and the rest of the folks that are part of this, this younger generation? A, do you care about it? Because obviously you guys do. But your generation and that Generation Z type, how do we get y'all to care about it? That is, like you had alluded to, a very common question, right? And in my eyes, I don't think it is a lack of care. We have the largest student organization on campus and it's centered around energy and my opinion on it is i think there are sometimes these silos right that segment people who are very passionate about sustainability specifically versus people who are concerned about creating new technologies having an engineering background and they're not necessarily connecting and coming together so I think there was a large interest. 
several of my friends, we have lengthy conversations about, wow, the world sucks right now. We've given, <laughs> we've been given an earth that's damaged. How do we fix it? Yeah. And we have specific backgrounds, but like I re have reiterated throughout this whole podcast, breaking down the silos and coming together is our biggest problem that we need to fix. It's not necessarily lack of interest in my opinion. I guess what I would, my only thing would be is that for, for the Nehas and the, the Afrias and the Energy Coalition kids, we know y'all like it, okay? Are you convinced, though, that there's enough that are kind of those fringe folks that maybe they're not in the, you know, but maybe they, look, they plan on being an accountant, okay? And they just plan on doing numbers. How do we get that group? To care, or is it? Or are you seeing that there is more people that are already in that camp? Maybe they're just not as vocal as you guys are. Exactly the latter half okay. of those options, because you have, I mean, TikTok, for example, very much commonly associated Absolutely. with our generation, yeah, no, very much popular, so. and we you have subsets within those groups talking about fast fashion. How do we stop fast fashion? and make more intentional choices with their clothing. All right, tell this 41-year-old what that, exactly <laughs> that means, because I've, I've been wearing the same clothes for 10 years now, so go ahead and break that down what that means. So it, it's, it's kind of like becoming your fashion choices, right? So sticking to core basics that you've, you yourself have worn for the past 10 years yes. or so yes. versus going on Shein is a popular website or <laughs> different cheap oh, alternatives. Trust me, I'm well aware of the website. Don't look Shein. at me. <laughs> <laughs> but we know about these fast, quote unquote, fast fashion websites. They're cheap, affordable, but they're low quality. And we'll throw them away in what, a month or two, whatever uh -huh. it may be. Goes out of style. So avoiding things that will create waste okay. and being more intentional you'll keep it longer it'll last you so that that is so my you little you're ahead of the game is that you're what you guys are telling me you're safe fred <laughs> all right all right now my kids might you know disagree with you because i do wear the same exact thing every single day not the exact clothes just tell them this you're <laughs> well, saving oh, the planet listening to this trust me my daughter is going to listen to this today i was supposed to meet her for lunch today out here on campus but no i will definitely make sure she listens to this because i'm ahead of the game she more so she... that's right that's right don't be sleeping on my fashion game all right? it's sustainable when it comes to <laughs> you graduate in December of 2022. You're working for a large accounting firm now. You got your entire life in front of you. You're very, very young. What does Neha Bhatt want to do when she grows up? I think it's become clear I want to do several things. <laughs> to name a few, have a slew of real estate has always been something I aspire to do. Having great life for family and kids. And from that... I have an entrepreneurial drive, and so either starting my own business or coming into a higher C-suite position is the ultimate goal, right? In the near future, I really do enjoy consulting. I love what I do. It's I wouldn't be able to do work, school, energy coalition had I not enjoyed all of it. I would be burnt out. I'd be crying on the floor right now. So... That, those are some of the short and long-term goals. The immediate plan within consulting is still providing the energy, transi energy transition navigation, is what I like to call it, 
value chain optimization? What does that have to do with carbon capture? Answering those sorts of questions, because at least how the firm I'm currently at works is you can find those opportunities. There are opportunities available, but being intentional with what you're pursuing. And for me, to your point, would be within the energy industry and then also helping answer energy transition sustainability questions. We'll, get, we'll, we'll start winding this thing up. So one, for the for U of H students that don't know about the you, you know the Energy Coalition, and really, I, I'm going to open this up to both of y'all because you guys are both part of the Energy Coalition. Um, you know, and, and, and look, we couldn't have done this series without you guys. What is the best part about being a member of the, the U of H Energy Coalition and for folks that know of it, have heard about it, and maybe they're thinking, well, I need to be into energy or some form or fashion. Or a little bit about why, you know, what you guys do with the Energy Coalition, what may be of interest for potential members. Absolutely. So, like I mentioned, my goal was to make money. So, it's not okay. as if energy was the initial primary goal, right? And so, for someone who is trying to decide and thinking through where should I be in the future, the Energy Coalition is a great place to figure that out. And honestly, that's for student groups in general. But here at the Energy Coalition, you get to talk to different people, right? I now know how to communicate with a lot of engineering folks, a lot of people who I don't run in normal circles with. And then as a result of that, I understand what communication works best for them and kind of what their thought process is, which could help me answer some questions as well. So at the Energy Coalition, not only are you developing personally, but you're also developing professionally. You're creating connections with your peers. They will sustain you through your entire, entire career. Circles are small, you'll run into them in the future. But also, you're meeting some pretty cool professionals as it is. I mean, we have a great faculty here at UH Energy, but also being able to meet a large president of a super major every other week, that is a crazy thought that doesn't seem real to me, but that's my reality. Michelle Brass just a week ago, (laughs) so, you know, you're doing something right. Oh, absolutely. And just yesterday, I was on a CCUS, which is Carbon Capture Utilization Storage Panel, and Bill Maloney, a energy advisory board member, was moderating the panel. I mean, my my life's insane, and it's because of the Energy Coalition. Okay, okay. Anything you want to add about it? So, I am. Um, I think I'm grateful to the Energy Coalition for giving students a platform to be a leader and to create change. I think the, uh, the issue with a lot of students on campus is that they are passionate about energy transition, but they don't have the necessary means or platform to create change because nobody is necessarily hearing them. Um, so that is the Energy Coalition is a great platform. You get to meet, uh, as Neha mentioned, mentors, um, peers. You have somebody's listening to what you have to say, and that is actually how we could, you know, host this podcast. Uh, without the Energy Coalition support, you know, none of this would have been possible. So, yeah, I I would advise all students to be part of some kind of leadership in their college life. I think that would also prepare them for professional life. I'm sure Neha, uh, leadership has helped you, um, you know, navigate through your professional life. Absolutely, because it may come as a surprise, but you're not just being managed in your early career, you're also managing up 
what does that mean right sometimes you'll have to ask your uh, superior your manager hey either i need help or hey you need to provide feedback that you haven't given me for the past week or so so small things like that come from leadership having the confidence to speak up and ask your questions maybe you're creating a little disruption but that can be a good thing and you get that from leadership experiences it's a great answer i'll tell you what hell i'm taking notes after hearing that <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. managing up that is i'll tell you what i knew there was a reason i was doing this series all right we're gonna hit you with the final three number one how is neha gonna affect the energy transition neha is actually taking the first step towards her purpose and intent in that is being vocal, right? You create new ideas by being vocal. If I say something stupid, that's okay because then there will be someone who corrects me and then maybe it sounded stupid at first, but coming together with someone else, we can create a really good idea. So Neha personally will put her best foot forward, become informed, knowledgeable, which is what I hope we have several people doing, and then being vocal about thoughts and ideas. What made you want to be a part of this podcast competition? To circle back on what I just mentioned, my intent is to be vocal, right? Hopefully this creates inspiration and tells people, hey, it, just because I have a certain background doesn't mean I should be limited in any kind of way. My voice should and can be heard. Last but not least, why you? Why should you win? Winning would be coming from someone listening to the podcast and feeling motivated to do something. So I hope it went in that aspect. I hope whoever is listening <laughs> feels some sort of motivation call to action to do something thank you so much for that miss neha bot you can find all of the green insider podcasts over at apple Podcasts, google play spotify and on the website erenewable.com and of course the entire series is over there as well mr lotana ohazariki and of course you can have you'll hear the next six episodes over the next three weeks don't forget follow friday peter kelly detweiler going down on friday and then of course more of this series goes down next week and part two of our eight rivers series goes down next week also with mr damian bochamp very very excited for that as well shout out as always to the entire e-renewable team and mike allen roger and of course the audience the guests without all you guys you know what the deal is we couldn't do what it is we do this has been the green insider podcast powered by e-renewable we make going green easier 